Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. I don't really want to say this, but I'll say it. I love tests. Praise God. Come on. The Bible says to rejoice in tests. No one wants to. No one wants to complain most of the time. Rejoice. You've got to, you've got to get into that place where God is going to work all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And tests are good for you. They're good for the person beside you. They're good for you. They're going to bring faith. So blessed, that's how you're blessed because you stand and you go through. And here we are today. We're really blessed. We're in this place. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life that he has promised to those who love him. And then it goes on and it says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. You don't get out of God what he doesn't have. You're not going to get tempted by God. He is not going to tempt you. And Jesus was tempted and he was led by the Spirit into a place to temptation. And then he prayed a prayer, the Lord's Prayer. He said, Lord, lead us. He said, Father, lead us not into temptation. Let's let him have the temptation, the the led into temptation part. We don't have to be led into temptation Jesus was led into temptation. He can have that led into temptation. But I'll tell you, you're going to face temptation. Temptation is going to come to you. Why is temptation going to come? But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Now, he's written this letter to the tribes, the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, he says at the start of the letter. So he's writing it to believers. He's writing it to you. He's writing it to you who believe in God, who believe and have faith in Jesus Christ, because these the temptation that he's talking about, People just live in that all the time. If they don't have Christ, it's, it's normal life for them. A lot, of, a lot of people who don't have Christ, it's normal life to go with your desires, to go with whatever. And people choose whatever I'll, I'm going to do. And they take on a selfish lifestyle. And that is a lot of the culture that we live in. But it's not the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom is one of faith. It's one of trusting in God. It's one of following Jesus. And we have this, the Bible calls the old man. The old man. Who is the old man? Well, he's the you that you used to be before Christ came into your life and made you new. And this old man comes and pulls his head out every now and then and says, I want some of that. I want, I want, to, I want some of that. And these desires are there and... The best way to avoid the old man is to just focus on God every day and stay an excited life of faith. Now, every day is different and, and, uh, and you're going to face temptation at some point. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. And nothing is, is, is specifically 
new to you. Everyone faces temptation in the same sort of areas and different things that they go to. It will be somewhat specific for you, but it won't be so good that you don't have to make a deal out of it. I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but it was the initial thing that the devil said to Eve to get her to take something that wasn't hers was temptation. So it's very powerful. And you see people come and go from church life because they, they were tempted into something and making a decision that took them away from God. So it says in Ephesians, it says, all of us lived among them at one time. And it says, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. So it's the desires and the thoughts of the old man, as I said. It's all those things, those ways, sexual promiscuity, the Bible says. It says impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel, whenever you feel like, grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. As I said, it's all those, all those things that people seem to do whatever they want and they live their life that way. So if we, we think about the story of Adam and Eve, what happened was God made this amazing garden and he said to them, Eat, all these, eat, eat of all these fruit trees, have all this stuff, but hang on, this one's mine. And God always keeps something for himself. And he's God and he can do that. And that's why we have the tithe and other things. And you're blessed if you listen to him. So here he has something for himself and they have everything else. And, and it says in the, in, the, in the Bible, it says that all the trees were desirable and that they were good for food. And of the tree of, 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 knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil, it said that it was desirable and that it was good for food. But God said, don't touch it and don't eat from it. And what the devil said to her was, and this is what the devil does to people, he tries to take out the word that is planted in their hearts. And if you know the parable of the sower, the sower sees, sows the word and the word comes into people and you see God, you see people hear about God and they get the understanding that God is, is alive and he's not dead. They get the understanding that he's near and he's not far away. And they get the understanding that, that I can have him in my life right now. And what the devil tries to do is say, well, not quite. Not, it's not, not quite like that. So he tries to take away something that they've gained. And he tries to pull the word down and make it sort of at the same level as everything else. He pulls that word down, tries to take that word out of their heart. So here he says to Eve, he says, God did not short, God didn't say, you're not going to die. He says, you're not going to die. You can, you can eat this thing. And he pulls that level of that tree, of the word that's spoken over that tree, and pulls it down to all the other trees. And what she mistakenly does is she lets her eyes linger on it. She focuses too much on what she's been told not to touch. And the first mistake there, and the first mistake with temptation is it, it comes in through your eyes and they linger too long in one spot. They linger too long at something that shouldn't be touched. And this is a big thing in our culture because well, I work on job sites and on my job site we have a standard, but when we're on other job sites where there's other tradies and other people, if a pretty girl walks past... It's hello, pretty girl. And then all kinds of comments come out. And this is the weakness of it, one of the weaknesses of our culture is they think that pornography and all these kind of things is okay. Well, it's not okay. And this is the standard where we live at, is that it's not all right. 
and people linger with their eyes and these guys are whistling at this pretty girl and what's oh we just go back to work we got a job to do when I, one of the guys put a, a magazine in my truck and um oh, i get in there what straight in the bin straight in the bin i don't want those images in my head I don't, want that. I don't want my eyes lingering at that stuff. It'll take me to a place that damages the relationship that I have with God and with my wife. And, you know, that's, it, it can be anything. It can be an attitude. You can be listening to an attitude. It doesn't have to just come in through your eyes. You can just be listening to some attitude and, and then starting to agree with that attitude and starting to think, well... Get a get in a critical sort of attitude about this person or that person. Anyway, it came in through her eyes, and she entered into temptation. So she took the first step. All these steps were away from God. They they moved her away from God. The next thing she did was take this fruit. She reached out and took it. She was told not to touch it. She took it. She ate it. So. All these things, they were just moving away from God all the time because she went against what the Word of God says. And what happened was the result was there was this separation between um, both of them and the whole human race and, and God. And fortunately for us, God right then and there made a plan to get us back. So for God, let me say again, verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. Okay, so God doesn't tempt anyone. Verse 15, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's why God doesn't punish people for their sins. He comes to remove sin from your life. People think God punishes people for their sins. No, he punished Jesus for your sins, and now... He's going to take them away through Christ, through receiving Christ in your life. He's going to wipe them away. And then we come to the temptation of Jesus. There's a few things we can notice here. He was led by the Spirit. So he was full of the Holy Spirit. And for us, we can have a life that is full of the Holy Spirit. Every day you wake up, God is right there with you. He is right there and he wants to get right into your heart. And if you look at the temptation of Christ, he was led by the Spirit. He was into God. He was full of God's word. We know that he knew God's word because when he was a boy, he went to the temple and he had it out with the priests about the word of God. So he was full of the word of God, even from a young age. And now at this time, he's out there and the devil tries to tempt him away. But he just came back with the word of God. He just said, it is written. And for us, we need to be able to come to a place when there's temptation and have an it is written in our hearts. I mean, just take road rage, for example, or or, or those moments where passion is flared up and you go to speak and you go to say something off the handle, off the bat. And uh, I had one of those moments, and I think I've shared it before, when one of my staff drove my truck into the, the warehouse wall and the whole wall buckled and moved and split. And Anthony's not here. <laughs> uh, he yelled at me and just said, what'd you let him drive the truck for? And the first, I thought, I'll be honest, I thought swear words. And then I said, I'm sure God can work all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. I was like, oh, man. 
look, sometimes you go to university and you get a degree. Sometimes you just go through the tests of God and they cost you lots of money and you come out wiser for it. So, hey, (laughs) praise the Lord. All right. So, so when you're tempted, you've got to have, and it is written, that's above and not not at the same level as, as what you think you should say. But we can have the word of God ready on our mouths and speak it first before you go and say something silly. I mean, if you've lived maybe for a little while, you, you probably have wanted to throw a fishing line out and catch what you've said and just wheel it back in and just put it back in the bucket sort of thing. And, oh, what did I say that for? But, um, yeah, so have the word of God ready with an it is written. So, so if you're in a place of temptation, the Bible says... In Hebrews 12, verse 18, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. You know, if you've opened a door and the devil's got a stronghold or you've got habits that you are just not, that you know aren't righteous, God can help you. And sometimes it's not easy. God hasn't promised an easy life. And in general, in in all things, life is not easy, but he's promised to be there the whole way. And he can help you if you've opened a door to temptation. And the Bible says in Corinthians, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You ought to have these scriptures in your minds and in your hearts so you understand that God is good and that he is going to help you out. It doesn't matter how far away something has taken you from God or if there's sin or whatever, It's only ever one step back into undivided devotion to God where he is right there in your heart and it it may take a bit of a journey, but it's worth it. God is good. All right, verse 16, it says, goes on, it says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So as years go by, as you know, just any day goes past, as generations come up, God does not change. He is the same. And it doesn't mean that he's boring. It doesn't mean that he's old. It doesn't mean that he doesn't understand now because he was in the past and, oh, this is a new, new generation now and we have technology. The reflection of the stars is there that the stars the Bible says the stars are there to show how awesome God is. Probably not in those words, but the same meaning. The latest thing I heard about the stars was the estimate was that there is a trillion billion stars. That's a massive number of stars. And I don't know how you come up with an estimation that big and I think they just pulled it out because they thought, well this is the biggest number. <laughs> How can you live in one lifetime and know someone who's re- who, who is this big? He has got something new for you all the time. He has, he has got something new to discover. And this is the awesome thing. The Bible says that your life is hidden in Christ. And I think, wow, awesome. I'm in the best treasure hunt. Oh, I just think I'm those little, when I was a kid and there was a treasure hunt or the Easter egg hunt, you know, you get all excited. And now you've got that for the rest of your life in God. Your life is hidden in Christ. This guy is awesome and he's big and there's nothing that... that you, there's, there's more to him than, than what you know today. There's always something new. He is always good. 
He, he wants to give you good gifts. Every good and perfect gift is from above. So he is perfect and he wants to give you perfect things. He wants to give you his spirit. He wants to give you gifts that you can use and gifts that are beyond you, gifts that you couldn't dream of. He wants to take you on a place and in everyday life, he wants to give you good things. He's good through all the seasons, through all the generations, in all the circumstances, whether you're good, he's always good, whether things aren't good, he is still good. God is good all the time, in every time. He wants the best for you. He champions you. He loves you without measure. If you've got a mess in your life and it's all messed up, he wants to turn it around and make it a message. If you've got a test, he's going to take it all the way through and you're going to be able to say, well, I went through this test and this is what God did and God is good. I've got a testimony now because of this test. You've got to hang on to God. God is always good where you're going through a trial. Oh, there's a trial going on, but I'm going to hang on to God. God is always good. He's going to, you're going to be able to declare that God is triumphant. God is always good. Don't let anyone tell you that God is not good. God is always good all the time. He's always good. No matter what you think about him, doesn't mean that he's not good. God is always good. He's going to give you good things. And it says in verse 18, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he had created. So he takes the next step. He he is good. He's chosen you. The Bible says that he's chosen you before the creation of the world. He knew you before time began. He chose you. He thought about you. And you might be able to wrestle with that or whatever, but it doesn't change the fact that he knows everything. He thought about you before you were. He knew you. And he chose you to what? To give you birth, to give you new life, to give you life and life and more life. And where there's more life, life. That's what he's got. That's why I said before, you don't get out of God what he doesn't have. You don't get temptation out of him. You get life out of him. And not just a little bit of life. You get life, eternal life, quality of life, longevity of life, whether it's on this earth, it's, it's, it's actually not measured on this earth. It's only small. It's after this that he's promised us. But life, he wants to give us life. He wants to give us birth, new life through the word of truth, through his spirit. He wants us to be a kind of first fruits. That means an offering. That means first picked off the tree. First bloom, you. First picked, offering. I am an offering to God. I come to you, God, fully surrendered. You're chosen what? To be fully surrendered to God. On the altar here. Up on the altar. It's not your life anymore. You're called to something bigger. You're called to something better. You can go your own way, go for your life. But God's way is going to take you further. It's going to take you higher. It is going to fill you. It's going to make you awesome. Praise God. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. So you're a chosen people. You're born into a new life and you're precious. You're a precious first fruits offering to him. All right. Then it goes on in verse 19. It says, listening and doing. My, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. If the Bible says take note of this, we should probably stop and think for a minute. What's he saying? What is he saying? Take note of this. What? 
Okay, so he is speaking to believers. And there are three things that come up here. And it says, everyone, that's who, that's you, that's everyone, should be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Fast to listen. A lot of the time people are quick to speak. And that's why I say it's important to have the word of God ready on your lips before you've got other words ready because you could say the wrong thing. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So slow uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Very quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, anger's there for a purpose. You know, we shouldn't deny anger, but we shouldn't just let the, the passion of anger take us to a place where it can be really hurtful. And I've, I, I've seen the opportunity for that in my own life and people's life. They, they're too quick to speak and justify because people we have within their hearts a little justice meter and everyone's slightly adjusted differently to what offends them. It's true. And again, road rage. It's a shocker. And you see people really swearing. Really swearing. And uh, the thing that I think of is, well, I've cut people off, so cut me off, it's all right. (laughs) I have. I, I needed to get in this lane... And I needed the guy to, behind me to slow down a bit, to let me in. But he wasn't slowing down, so I just put the foot down and pulled in. And oh, the next thing I saw was him getting back in his car. And I thought, oh, gee, that was close. He nearly came to get me. And, uh, and then I see his face, and it's like that, that, you know, that without blood, sort of you know, white and angry look. And he's taken a photo of my car because I've got my number on my car. But I never heard it. I thought, wow, I just cut him off. It wasn't that bad. So, yeah, all of you have cut someone off and all of you get road rage when someone cuts you off and the people that don't get road rage are the people that don't really care and don't really... You're the ones that are cutting people off all the time, you know. (laughs) I I try and default not to the word of God when I when I feel the urge for road rage I, I sort of I just I just trained myself to speak Kiwi. Hey bro that's not fair <laughs> It seems to soothe and, and well it humors myself so I can laugh. I go, oh he's funny. I'm funny ha <laughs> I'm by myself in the car a lot of the time or actually I'm with the guys in the truck or the, the one of the Hey settle down so it's really bad. Matthew Henry says this over this passage of scripture. He says, people are often stiff in their own opinions because they are not willing to hear what others have to offer against them. Whereas we should be swift to hear reason and truth on all sides and be slow to speak anything that should prevent this. So we've got to, you know, someone always seems right until you talk to someone else about the circumstance. So make sure we're open and we're communicating and we're talking to people. All right, just moving through this a bit quicker. Um, It says, therefore, get in verse 21, it continues, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you. Let's just look. Let's just get rid of the stuff. Let's just get ready for the word of God. 
And I don't believe in sweeping things under the carpet. So if you need to deal with some things, speak to someone, seek God, get, re- get resolution, and you know, get ready for the word of God, which is planted in you, which can save you. And then it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. This is straightforward. Do what it says. I have this friend and a long time he would just, he he would like, yeah, 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 I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. But there was no change. The word of God preaching is supposed to change your life. And when you hear something and it hits you in the right here, you can take courage. You, You don't have to feel courageous. That's not what courage is. You can take courage no matter how you feel to step into that word, to go forward and say, yep, all right, God, you want me to change? Where can I go? Who can I talk to? What can I do? I'll respond to you. It's about stepping forward. You know, this guy, he he just was so, he was a faithful guy, but he just wasn't diligent. So it just opened up a doorway and a wedge where the devil sort of got his foot in and created all this mess. And, uh, you know, I I really used to look up to him. And then at one point I realized, man, you just haven't gotten on with the job. Let's get on with the job. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, it says, like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like now i reckon all of us looked in the mirror this morning some of us looked in more than one mirror and then there are several mirrors in the car on the way they probably only had the reflection of, of i don't know maybe they had good mirrors back then but not as many as what we do now and so the word of god reflects in us sin and, and things that need to be removed and washed and made clean when you looked in the mirror, you changed things, I hope. I mean, you can't change some things, but you took the sleep out of your eyes and probably brushed, if you brushed your hair, you brushed your hair. No, I didn't. I just went whoosh, with water. But the Word of God reflects in our hearts and in us the things that need to be dealt with, truth. And at times it will come into your heart and sit there and resonate and say, come on, let's deal with this. Let's move through this. And God is very gracious. He is very kind and very loving. It's never a harsh thing. It's always a wooing, a drawing near to God, and he will draw near to you. And you bring all this, whatever you've got to God, and he'll either take some of it away or you'll just have to keep walking until he takes some of it away. So, but whoever looks into the, te- the looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Everyone wants to be blessed. Come on, let's let's just reside. Let's abide in God. Let's let's just intently gaze, not at things and things that we want. Or let's just get focused on God, and you will be blessed in what you do. Someone says, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take or sit in the, the company of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. On this he meditates day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. A lot of people like the thought of that, but it comes from, from gazing into the word of God and letting it really get stuck in your heart. All right. Verse 26, those who consider themselves religious, it, it does move around a bit, these verses, but those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, and themselves, uh, do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Now, I, I've already spoke about 
capturing the words in your mouth before they come out. But look, we need to be people that reflect Christ and speak well. Speak about what God is doing in your life. Talk to your friends and your family. Talk about God. People talk a lot about the bad stuff. Let's just be people that talk about all the good things that God's done. And it goes in verse 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows. So to look after the people that are having trouble looking after themselves or who can't in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And we have a fantastic example of our pastors and now Leah of taking in kids. What a practical application for the word of God. Who can I help? These boys, they need help. Who can I help? I can, well, this baby can't help itself. And so we should be on the lookout to be able to help people who can't help themselves. You know, sponsor a compassion kid, do what you can, be aware and have an awareness that I need to help someone. And there are other kids in this place I know that that are are, are helped by people in our church. And I just think it's a fantastic thing. When I went to Mexico all those years ago, one of the things that smashed me was these children that needed help. And I thought, what can I do? Well, you just, just get one. Just help one. Just don't try and help them all. Just start with one. All right, and then it says to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And you don't want to drink bad water. You want to drink clear water. And, you know, if we've got a muddied version of Christ going on around us, we're not going to reflect the truth of God to those people around us. And I, I know that if you walk with God and if you pray and if you just keep it simple and keep it real and seek God and read the Bible and pray and come to church, you will find that you will not, that the things of the world won't really attract you that much and it will be normal for you to reflect Christ into people's lives. It will just be like normal. It won't be this step that, of thing that I've, I've got to try and conjure up. It'll be like, well, I know someone who can help you. Have you heard of this person before? Why, why don't you, would you like me to pray for you? It just becomes a normal part of your life. Can I have the, the musicians come? We hope you enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about our podcast so they too can learn, live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at c3cc.org.au. See you next time. God bless.